I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that idea, considering it kind of belongs to somebody else who does this way better than we ever will. But then if you have an intro, then that just belongs to everyone else. Everyone else. I don't even think I have... I don't know. We should probably get started on these questions. Are you ready for me to uh, see exactly how little you know? Uh, sure. So, you didn't know these were coming. Oh, and the phone's going off already. All right, you ready for this? Uh, sure. Sure. All right, we're going to start off easy. Are you ready? Uh, yes, maybe. Which of the following oh God. is the killer in Halloween? A Halloween? Okay. Michael Myers. Uh-huh. Pinhead. Okay. Or Jason Voorhees. Uh, um, that is Michael Myers. Very good. One for one. Look at you All go. Right. Yes. All right. Question two. Which of the following movies is famous for having a shower scene? Psycho, Hellraiser, Candyman, or Return of the Living Dead? I don't know why that one has four options and the other one only got three. Um, uh, just to confuse you apparently more they're getting harder by yeah, giving you more um, options yeah it's confusing um, that that would be Psycho Psycho two for two look yes. at you go mm. alright number three you ready um, as, as I'll ever be I guess how many movies did Stephen King direct direct zero one two or twenty one okay so he's a writer mm-hmm so I don't think it's 21. I know that he doesn't like Carrie or The Shining, which are like the good ones. Um, but I feel like he might have done a vanity project. Maybe like after he got hit by the van or whatever. Okay. So I'm going to say one. Three for three. Look at Ooh. look at the big brains on Justin. Uh, everything's big. Look I mean, you, except where it counts. But. Look at you go. You directed one movie. It was called Maximum Overdrive. Oh, that's the, the truck one? That's the trucks one. I, I have not seen that. Yeah. Not he, to uh, be surprising he or anything. It's pretty blatant that he was coked out of his mind when he made that movie. And uh, that it's terrible. We'll watch that at some point here I, soon. I can't wait. I'm looking forward to it. All right. They're going to start getting harder. You ready? Okay. Which of the following director did not start his career in softcore pornography. <laughs> okay. Ready? Yes. It's a very serious question. This is a very serious question I'm, about I'm I'm going to give a very serious horror answer. directors, you ready? Yes. Peter Jackson. Okay. You know who Peter Jackson is? I do. He's okay. the Hobbit guy. Okay. Why is he why are we talking about him on the horror thing? Uh you made me watch Dead Alive once when like back in the day. Yeah. So yeah, so he did Dead Alive, he did, did Brain Dead. Yep. Don't know that one. Did Brain Dead. I know Dead Alive, the lawnmower. Hate that lady. Yeah. All right. B. Danny Steinman. Okay. It's a little obscure. I'll give it to you. He's the director of Friday the 13th, Part 5. Okay. Okay. C. Wes Craven. And apparently there's only three for that one also. All right. Peter Jackson, Danny Steinman, Wes Craven. Okay. So I, I just have a. a bit of a meta question about the question okay are is is the question about them directing or starring in softcore porn director which of the following director did not right. oh I yeah yeah right. i realized you know no. you're you're See? nope yep, yep yep you're right no direct okay. so all of these the, the ones that are correct would be directing okay there, okay there's no acting in this okay so the middle guy i 
definitely do not know, but I'm going to guess it's not him. The other two people I have heard of, so I'm going to guess it's one of them. Okay. And I feel like, I feel like Peter Jackson loves movies so much that he would just do anything. So I'm going to say Wes Craven. He's the one that did not, is what you're saying. Wes Craven did not get a start in mm. softcore pornography. Sorry, he did. Oh. Yeah. As did Danny Steinman. Peter Jackson did not because he made a hardcore porn <laughs> called Kiwi Crushers because he's from New Zealand and it was called Kiwi Crushers. Is it a bondage film? I have not seen that one, believe it or not. Maybe maybe we'll have on the list? Uh, It's going to be awkward when somebody walks down and sees <laughs> us watching that. The kids roll down and <laughs> Kiwi Crushers is on. Uh, all right, you ready for the next one? I, yep. They're getting harder. Definitely. Okay. I mean, I missed one. That's That never happens. All right. Which of the following did Jason, you know what Jason's from? The, the Friday the 13th. Very good. Part did two. not use to kill someone in the original run of Friday the 13th. Okay. A machete. Okay. A screwdriver or a harpoon. Uh... So, uh, what I know about that series is Machete and Lake. Okay. So, I'm going to say it's probably the screwdriver he did not use. Mm, sorry. It is actually a machete. In the original run, it was an axe the whole time. Huh. In the remake run, it's when he was using a machete. Apparently, I, I didn't even know there was a remake run. Failed again. Look at you. You've fallen off the... This is starting to get pathetic. All right. You ready? Yeah. Well, I think we should get one more in your wheelhouse. Okay. Let's try to get yeah. you. You can come back. Are you ready? Yeah. How many cast members were in the original run of 90210? Uh, I'm I'm not going to lie. The This image is in my Hulu watch list. It's not by my what? choice. <laughs> but I do see it quite often. And I think there are like, I'm going to say like seven mm. 90s kids in there. Mm. Is there an all or nothing? Can you get half points? This is your quiz. I uh, No, you got it wrong. Damn. It's eight. It's eight. But to be oh. fair, the way that I figured that out is I Googled 90210 and then I kept, I counted the number of people that were in each picture. But then I realized they must have rebooted it at some point, which is pretty yeah. nice for considering yeah. we're talking about it here. And that had seven for the remake. Oh, see, I must have been thinking about when you go OG. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. Ready? Yep. You'll get this one again. Trying to throw you something that's going to be more in your wheelhouse. I mean, I'm wearing a Golden Girls T-shirt. If you ask about the Golden Girls, instead of 90210, I would totally be in it. All right. Well, this is closer. Is there a Golden Girls? How many kids were in New Kids on the Block? Oh, um. There were five. There were five. Look at you. Yeah. All right. Let's bring well, it one back to... One of them's to married to Jenny McCarthy now. And let's... Yeah. We don't, let's not talk about that. Anti-vaccination? Yeah. Mm. That's for another podcast. That's, okay. Are you ready? Yeah. Which of the following... I'm very professional. You're, yeah. Is not a werewolf movie. Okay. Not a werewolf movie. Not a werewolf movie. Bad Moon. Okay. An American Werewolf in London. Okay. The Lawnmower Man. All right, so uh, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I've seen an American Warrior from London up until he starts transforming mm-hmm. 
and I got scared and turned it off. Ooh. So, but I know that there's a werewolf in that one because I saw a little bit of it. Do you? Um, and I, I'm going to cheat a little bit. I know, I'm pretty sure the answer is Lawnmower Man because there's a Rick and Morty episode kind of lampooning Lawnmower Man. Hmm. Okay, well, nothing that you said actually made any sense okay. because American Werewolf in London has a werewolf scene, but if you would have pulled your pants up like a big boy and finished the movie, you would know that there are no actual werewolves in the movie, and that's actually a serial killer movie. Huh. huh. So, oh, disgrace yourself. Is it a dream Dis- sequence? It is a dream sequence. <sighs> yeah. Stupid dream. Disgrace yourself, uh, which will help you in this next question. You're a All computer right. guy. Wait, so Lawnmower Man's about werewolves? Yes, it is. I thought, okay. I thought it was like you've about got a technology. Lot to, you've got a lot to learn, my friend. I, I do. I've, I've been thinking about watching Lawnmower Man, and now I have the opportunity. I uh, So I've been slowly building my Lawnmower Man collection, which is weird to say. <laughs> is, is, is there more than one film? There's two. There's only one good one. Uh, Lawnmower Man 2 is pretty god-awful, but... Uh, by collection, I just mean that I'm getting individual signatures from uh, everybody in there that I'm going to try to put it on a display together. It's pretty sad when I say that out loud, I think. Um, uh, next question. Okay. All right, you ready? Yeah. How do you say lame in binary? Or, or, I'm sorry, how do you spell lame in binary? Spell lame in, in binary. binary. Okay. All right, so and I've got the answer, so you're going to have to, I'm following with you. Okay, so is is lame capitalized? Is any letter capitalized? <laughs> no, I don't believe. I did not know that I needed to get this technical. So uh, this is lowercase, all lowercase. Okay, if it's all lowercase, break out my ASCII chart. I uh, I want to say L is. I so hope you. A. I so hope you get the wrong one. The, the very first one wrong, so we don't have to sit here and listen to you say all these. Uh, um, lowercase a, I think, is Well, let's, let's hold on. Wait a minute. Let's be fair. Do you know how to spell lame? It doesn't start with a. Uh, yeah. <laughs> if you let me talk. Okay, 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 okay. I'm pretty sure Sorry. A. I, I, go ahead. I'm pretty sure a is zero, which would make L the 12th letter in the alphabet, 11. Which in binary would be um, one nope, zero you failed. zero. You failed. The very first one is zero. Because they're they're probably in bytes, so it'd be zero 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 zero. No, no, you're just okay. embarrassing yourself yep. now. Oh my goodness! I'm letting all my fellow programmers down. This is pathetic. All right, last one. You ready? Uh, do I get the answer? Oh, do you do you really want me to give you the answer? I think the I think our Are you, audience deserves the answer. Okay, you ready? Yes. Everybody, give them a second to get a pen and a paper out so yep. they can double check my work. Zero one zero zero one one zero zero. L. A is zero one one zero 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 one. M zero one one zero one one zero one. E is zero one one zero zero one zero one. Are you going to clue me into the reference in this, or is that a surprise also? No, there's no reference. It was... 
my goal was that you'd be able to tell me about New Kids on the Block, 90210, and answer a question in binary, but couldn't tell me what Lawnmower Man was about. Which which uh, only on this podcast would make you the dumb one by being able to speak binary, but not tell me the intricacies <laughs> of Lawnmower Man. That's okay. a backwards world that we live in. Yep. Last question. All right. What villain has the characteristics, and you can stop me if you know, as I list any of these, okay? Okay. Of being deceitful, lazy. Okay. Has a dog and a sidekick. This is a villain? Mm-hmm. Has a dog and a sidekick. The dog, dog as a sidekick. Oh, as a sidekick. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, so far I'm thinking maybe Turner. Okay. And he loves lasagna. So he's a deceiver. He has a dog as a sidekick, and he mm-hmm. loves lasagna. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I feel like I I should be saying Garfield. Uh, you're correct. It's Garfield. Good job. All right. Look at you. Ooh. All right. I didn't I know st- he was the villain. Of the I piece, stopped. But I stopped uh, keeping track a while ago because that didn't go really that was good as I'd hoped. Well, uh, yeah. Really listeners at home, you can send in the results. We'll uh, we'll go over those. We'll pour yeah. over those. Uh, you can handle the binary ones because I'm not checking those. Yeah. I don't even honestly know if that answer is right. I just dropped that I, into a thing. and it's, it's probably not, but it probably is at the very same time. Nice. Because um, the internet said so. Cool. How did, uh, how was your day? I didn't get to talk to you about that really. Uh, it was, it was fine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, uh, so I was on the way home, had about an hour drive and, uh, on the way I'm driving down the highway and I look over and I see a woman uh, see me, see her. So there's that awkward moment, uh, which I've never understood driving on the road because when you're driving on the road, why, if you are looking at someone and they turn to see you, are you embarrassed? But yet you feel if the opposite happens, you feel like you caught someone looking at you. Your car is like your home, but it goes places. So you, you feel very private in there, but then you realize, Hey, there are windows everywhere. Well, knowing that this woman is what this woman's home she was holding a baby in the driver's seat. Oh, okay. So I look over, I see her in the driver's seat. She quickly puts the baby down. So I'm thinking maybe she's breastfeeding driving down the road. I don't know. Or she's ashamed of the baby. Or it might be an ugly baby. That's possible. But uh, so I speed up. I slow down a couple times to try to see, to confirm that that's what I saw before I start acting on anything. I'm not able to do that because we're both driving vehicles that are about the same height and I can't tell she's doing a good job of keeping it down. So can, can I stop you? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, by do something, do you, are you going, what action are you going to take? I'm if about you... to tell you. Okay. All right. I'm sorry. Because I made that action. Wow. Okay. And I called the police. Wow. And I told them on the way, uh, Hey, I think this is what I'm seeing. This is where we're coming. We're coming up to this, this town. Uh, this is the plate. This is, that I'm not a hundred percent. I'm pretty confident, but I would not, you know, I don't want you to pull out and start shooting, <laughs> especially cause I'm pretty sure she's holding a baby. So they, uh, let me stay on the line. They have me follow her to make sure. So I can tell them exactly where she's going. So that's always good. You had, you had legal authority. To we, be yes. So I t- follow her. We turn off the highway and I see the cop blaze by um, I actually got stopped at the light. She was able to make it through. Uh, but I could, from where I was seeing, I could see her make another turn and then she turned into a bank. 
and I'm on the phone with dispatch and they said, all right, well, they got her. She's turning into this bank. Um, so I was able to, I went ahead and drove past the bank while the cop was talking to her. So I looped around again and saw the cop pulling away and the woman sitting in the parking lot of the bank texting. So I'm pretty confident that I <laughs> made a false accusation on a woman today and told her that she was driving with a baby because I can't imagine that cop just said, put that baby in the... <laughs> so my hope is that she didn't have a baby at all, so she couldn't have possibly gotten any trouble. But that would be really bad if she did have like a two-year-old in the car that was in the back seat, but legitimately was in the back seat the whole time, and I was falsely accusing her. I, so, I, mean, I mean, you don't know what you saw. Like, it could have just been a large soda. It could have been a soda. It could have been an elbow, maybe. I mean, yeah. in hindsight, maybe I was seeing an elbow Yeah, that was a little baby-shaped. <laughs> Uh, my intentions were good. I don't know if yeah. she would agree with that, but, uh, I'm probably not going to call the cops when I see anything again, because that blew up at me. That's, that's good. That's a good call. So, uh, that was my, so I decided I'm coming home. Uh, I'm on the way home and, uh, I'd taken uh, a dog to the vet a couple weeks ago cause there was some diarrhea issues and always fun. spent a hundred dollars and got a shot. Uh, my wife t- told me this morning she was still had that issue. So I get home. Get the dog. The dog had that yes. issue, correct. Okay. So I get, I get home, and not only did that dog have the issue in the crate, but my wife put both the dogs in the same crate. We have two crates side by side. Wife puts both in the same crate. This so sounds like a fun story. now I have two dogs inside of a crate with a shit-covered dog bed that I have to try to figure out how to get them 40 feet through the house when they're barking because they're both trying to stay out of it, but they're pushing each other into it. So I end up laying out a towel in front of the door, let one of them out to stand on the towel. I then reach around their back and bear hug them individually and carry them through the house outside as they're obviously not wanting me to do so. Uh, I then had to hose down two dogs uh, in the brisk, chilly October air, and then clean poop out of that. I, f- I feel like that th- that's like a dad superpower. Um, like the fact that the fact that you very calmly told that story mm-hmm, mm-hmm. means that this is definitely not your first foray into shit. No, it's really um, not. And that you have resigned your life to. Uh, occasionally include shit um, on your person very very close mm-hmm. to you. Uh, that's not the worst one that's ever happened to me. So um, years ago I had a dog uh, that uh, I'm asleep in my waterbed at the age of about 14. Just sleeping on my waterbed. Which to be fair is about the, as old as you can you should legally be in a waterbed. After that it's you should not be in a waterbed. <laughs> so I'm 14. And then all of a sudden I get woke up because someone is dumping hot water on me and I'm confused. And I jump up, I turn on the light and I see dogs standing on my futon and she ducks down and then I see a squirt come out of her butt and she pooped. And then I look down on myself and I realize that nobody dumped water on me. The dog had jumped up on the bed to try to get me to take it out, unable to control 
the feces that spewed from her rectum all over me. So it's all over me. It's tucked in between the corners of the bed in the mattress of the waterbed. And I just, the biggest thing that I remember is the feeling of being upset, not because this happened, but because I knew I was too old to be able to wake up my mom and dad to help me clean this up. I was like, I was like 14. So I was like, this is my problem. This isn't, I can't just holler mom or dad and have them come deal with this. This is my problem. Um, But back to today. So pick up kids, one of which isn't feeling well. Uh, Wife tells me don't need to buy medicine got medicine in the counter uh mind you she's two states away at this point get home no medicine kids in the bathtub have to get the kid out of the bathtub get the kid dressed drive him to the pharmacy on the way to the pharmacy he begins puking in a plastic bag that luckily we had in the car i mean that's, that's good on the kid plastic bag. so well no no he didn't save anything it was still all over his shirt and i had to give him another bath when he got home it's better than car. Shirt better than car. So, how was your day? Um, it involved a lot less puke and shit. <laughs> no. Um, I mean, I've I've only, I've had drunk people puke in my car. That's that's not fun. Um, but uh, yeah, not on a regular basis. <laughs> yeah, you'll get there. Yeah, you'll get there. Yeah, you're you're really making me like in, embrace the joys of fatherhood on this podcast. <laughs> that is that that's, is going to be the goal of this podcast. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to get you a baby. By the end of it, I'm going to have you adopting a baby. Because to me, it seems like you're just telling me never breed. Like that's the that is what is happening here. Well, I'm not saying you shouldn't raise a child, but I'm saying you should not breed. Yeah. Well, you know, I get that a lot. It's weird. <laughs> um. So we watched The Fly. Wait, wait, wait. I have an, wait, wait, wait. Before okay. we get into this, I forgot one. I forgot one. So I think we should lay out the gauntlet right now. Oh, okay. okay. Episode 100. Oh, wow. Okay. This wh- is ambitious. Wh- what are you doing? Um, I mean, I can do the whole podcast naked, but uh, I, that won't really play. Mm. Would they believe if I tell them I'm doing naked now? Probably not. No, I don't think so because I just kind of asked that. Yeah. What do you think? I say that you have to live up to your end too. Okay. I'll get a tattoo of the show at episode 100. I, you have multiple tattoos. Yeah. I have zero tattoos. I didn't say that you were doing that. Oh. I said that's what I will do. Oh. So the two ideas that I had for you okay. would be... I'm glad we talked about this earlier. No, and that's, by that, I mean not at all. Yeah, exactly. That's why it's fun is because it's getting sprung on you right now. Yeah. So a tattoo for you too, I thought was an idea. Okay. Or uh, you sit here and get drunk for episode 100. Wow. Okay. Um, or you got another idea? I'll tell you what. We'll give you the, the end of the episode and you can lay out your thing. Okay. All right. Or if you got another challenge for me for episode 100. Okay. So now I have to talk and think at the same time. This is going to be very difficult. Yeah. So we watched The Fly. Uh, we watched The Fly and The Fly. We did watch The Flies. Um, we started off with the original. Nin- 1958. 1958. Do you know that was the same year the director died? No. That's... That always depresses me when I see something like that. Like they make something and then they don't get to see it come to fruition. Yeah. Especially, I said especially. 
Yeah, that's that was not a, a word. That was embarrassing. Mm-hmm. At least nobody's listening. Yeah. I've got that going for me. Yep. So, especially when uh, it was a great movie. It it really was. I I, I, I did, mean, it was a little slow, but I I want to say I really enjoyed it. Did you know anything about it going in? Um, no, I definitely not. I mean, I've seen a lot of movies from the era, you know, forties, fifties, sixties, but uh, so I, I kind of knew what to expect in 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 that way. But at the same time, like most of what I've I've seen are just like the rom coms, you know. You know, Doris Day movies and things like that, or musicals. Um, I'm pausing you right there. I've never seen any of those things, for the record. Okay. Okay, go ahead. I'm, I'm sorry you didn't have a lot of women in your life. Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so uh, the pace kind of followed what I thought, but overall, like, the, the story I thought was really cool. Um, the storytelling device that they use, I thought was really interesting. Oh, it's, um, a, it's a mystery. Like yeah. essentially it's a mystery. It's not a horror movie. Right. It's a mystery. I mean, it's got like a rubber monster in it ish, but yeah, it's, it, it is a mystery and it's, it, it's a little slow going at the beginning. It takes about a half hour to, to kind of, you know, it's a half hour before the flashback, before you start telling the story of, yeah what have we found here what happened but but that's one of the things that i love about it is like you watch vincent price go through the movie and you can see him figuring it out like if that were made today there would be so it would be so more i can't talk it would be faster paced Mm -hmm. but i think the slow nature of this is what is its charm like you're watching vincent price literally walk through rooms and try to absorb and figure things out Right, he's not like talking to you, another character describing his thought process at every moment. You just like, you see it on his face. You see it, you hear it in his voice when he's talking to other characters about other things. How he's he's kind of piecing it together. Um, There's not a scene where he goes to the library and looks up microfish, <laughs> yes. or or now he googles it on a on a fake internet search thing that doesn't exist except for this movie where right. it goes to goggle and yeah. and, and goggle searches it web finder <laughs> interweb searcher yes um yeah so uh so we're on the same page yeah and, obviously and vincent price just got to act he didn't have to to like i i haven't seen a lot of vincent price but i know he is kind of the a lot of the the I don't know the father whatever but like he's he's been a lot of like the horror movies the the Universal monster movies and everything, um, but he 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 got to just be Vince you know, uh, not necessarily Vincent Price uh, Francois yeah, so he he just got to be a a guy, and he got to show off his acting chops not just through makeup yeah I think I'm definitely not a big Universal guy I'm definitely not a Vincent Price guy but I think you're more honing in on like Bella Lugosi and things like that. Uh, and Christopher Lee, um, Boris Karloff. I don't think that Vincent Price did all that many character monster things where he wasn't himself. Well, I know Christopher Lee was like a, a hammer guy. But yeah. yeah I, there was a chance I was thinking of Bella Lugosi, but I know Vincent Price, isn't he the, the voice of the thriller video? I don't know. It's one of those guys. 
Okay. I don't know I'm, that. I'm totally prepared for this podcast. It's great. It's <laughs> going, this is going great. So one of the questions that I did have as I was going through the movie is, why was she allowed to stay at home? What do you mean? When, all right. So she just confessed to the murdering her husband. And then they're like, you need to go lie in bed, miss. Right. Um, so, yeah, I thought the, I thought at first, like, the whole thing took place in France. And then at the very end, like, you see the ambulance says Montreal. And it's like, oh, that that explains why they're talking, like, 80% English and then throw a French word in there. Um, but, yeah, I don't I, – I think that's – I assume that's just an era thing or maybe that's just because it, it – I think the movie just did it, to be honest. Like, I feel like even back – it's not that long ago. It's not like they're going to do the investigation and tell a woman to go rest up from her murder. Right. I feel like that might just be a, a freebie we have to give the movie that well, they needed to let that happen in order to make the film progress. Right, but, but I, I couldn't I, figure that out. I mean, they were they, they were obviously wealthy. Yeah, I think well, that plays into that it. house. Oh yeah. my, that house! I I felt myself just watching, looking at the house, yeah. like wanting to explore that house. That was pretty incredible. Yeah, and we we only get a few rooms actually you can see but you see like little areas where like oh let's go explore over there but no we're, we're gonna stay here how likable is vincent price that he managed to tell us like 10 times how rich he is and you didn't hate him like any other movie that you hear somebody say how wealthy they are that many times you would think that they are a curmudgeonly schnob and uh still vincent price you were like you're a charming rich guy yeah. you keep telling me how much money you don't you have and you don't need any more money yeah he was he was almost like dropping it into conversations that kind of didn't need it he started it off he's like hello this is friends francois 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 this is francois the rich guy from yeah. over here <laughs> just oh, want to let you know i don't i don't need any more money because i own this business with my brother you know me we're in the rich persons club together <laughs> even though you're just a, a sergeant so i can't see how you make that much money um was is was not skipping ahead but i had the same feeling as i was watching the fly as the 86 version mm -hmm. where I was trying to figure out is the main person supposed to be attractive? Like is Vincent price supposed to be attractive? Is Jeff Goldblum supposed to be attractive? I mean, I, th I, th I think people in the eighties thought Jeff Goldblum was attractive. I can't see why, but I think, I mean, he, he was ripped doing those gymnastics. Yeah. Okay. I don't. I don't know. I just. That's the way I felt. Like I was watching these. I was like, I think he's supposed to be attractive right now, but I'm not getting it. I mean, if it's an American movie, he's on the screen. He's he's attractive. I suppose so. Um, the actual workshop that uh, that he was working in. We're back to the fifties. Fifty-eight. The, the laboratory. The laboratory. Um, that's another example. I like want to walk around and explore that place. Like I want to see those blinking lights. That's pretty fantastic. How much radiation do you think those things give off? <laughs> like so much with no shielding. <laughs> it cannot be safe in that room. But I, I just, I want to talk about the, the special effects. The um, when he actually did the disintegration reintegration, um, the all the blinking lights on the board and the like neon lights, uh, and then the flash and like the thunder. I thought that was, I thought that was really cool and actually. Going to the '86 fly, I feel like the the disintegration effect was a little underwhelming there, versus the grandiose event that definitely every time 
you know, Jeff Goldblum just whispers to a machine and then stuff happens. But this, like, there are knobs to turn and there are switches to throw and every single time it's like this big event with tons of lights and you have to wear goggles. Yeah. Which you don't say until the very last second, like, oh, here, put these on or you're going to go blind. I'll buy that. So with the with the 86 fly, there's definitely a thing in, like, 80s movies where you can ask a computer anything and it will know the answer because it speaks English and it can think and it will process things and spit it out the same way as you. Right, because he, he, doesn't, he doesn't talk about programming the computer or... Oh, I missed something in the routine. He talks about. Oh, I need to teach the. I need to teach the computer about flesh. And then, well, and then he he like ask it direct questions, right. and it responds to him. So, and this isn't shitting on the movie. It's no. it's just what happens in eighties movies. Like I think that that's the idea of futuristic. Just like I'm sure, in you know what is that? Thirty years ago, forty years ago, thirty years ago, thirty years ago, thirty years ago. Uh, Not forty yet. Thirty years ago. Um, 30 years from now, I'm sorry. We're going to look at what we're referencing as futuristic technology and we're going to be kind of scoffing at it that that's not the way that it works. Right. I mean, it's 30 years later and I still, I talk to my phone and it doesn't do what I ask and it, it, it pisses me off. And so it, it kind of, it's, it is funny that computers were kind of right on the verge there and it's just, you know, what the, what a film director or writer thinks the future is and like so many people went to the oh you know we're not gonna right now we interface with a mouse and a keyboard but you know we're gonna interface with our voice like immediately and like that's all the like near future tech is all just voice recognition stuff i tried to ask my phone how to spell behoove today (laughs) and it just kept searching for the who (laughs) and then i was worried that i had a speech impediment of some type (laughs) And I just said the word impediment weird yes, too, did. so that didn't help my case in the slightest. Yeah, that's yeah. that's one of those words that you don't want to mess up. Uh, that's awkward. Yeah. Um. So, Andre, 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 Andre was in the lab for days at a time, weeks at a time, weeks at a time by himself. Mm-hmm. When you are in your home for more than twenty minutes by yourself. Are you wearing a suit, a tie, and a jacket? But you're also not a classy rich guy in the right. 50s. He's, yeah, it's a classy rich I mean, these guys dressed up to get on a plane. Like, I've been on a plane once, and I I was wearing a Johnny Cash t-shirt and jeans I've been wearing for three days. So, yeah, this was definitely a much classier time. It's true. I think a lot of it was the movie, but that was one of those things that I was like, I call BS on that. <laughs> called bs that a guy is not wearing that i mean the moment i get into my place i'm like i'm not even wearing pants so the fact that i I would definitely not in my laboratory be wearing a suit and a tie i'm with you you got any other uh notes thoughts on that i think we're in agreement on the quality of the movie overall i yeah i i really loved it um one of the the quirks i thought um i don't know it it was it was fun it's going to sound bad, but there was a lot of uh, overacting. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I think the guy's name was Gaston, the one who, like, finds the body. Yeah. Like, the the shattering that he does uh, when he discovers the body is, is pretty great. Yeah. And when she sees the fly. I mean, yeah. it's the stereotypical, I think, 50s 
thing where she cups her mouth and she puts her hands up to her face and screams. Right, and that's one of the things we did not talk about is when when he does reveal his fly head, you know, there's a shot of her screaming and then there's the there's the POV shot through the the flies. Oh yeah, that was pretty eyes. clever. And that was that was really cool. Like the little kaleidoscope effect and the fact that she would like I'm sure that was incredibly difficult to do at the time, but I feel like they really nailed it. It was really cool. Yeah. I uh I really don't have I mean we, we kind of joked and nitpicked or whatever and I think that'd probably be yeah. a routine thing. I think there are funny things to say about it, like the fact that they used an actual guinea pig in the in a science experiment. I didn't catch that, but yeah, you're exactly yeah. right. It was a literal guinea pig. Yeah. Yeah. Um that was it actually made me think, especially after you said, um, I don't want to spoil your fact, but you told me while we were we were watching the nineteen eighty six fly that they they initiated the phrase "be afraid, be very afraid." I was wondering if, like the the whole guinea pig thing, was a fly thing. I don't know how popular the movie actually was. I don't know. I feel like we were experimenting on animals before fifty eight, weren't we? Right, but to use the, the phrase the "guinea culture, pig," right, yeah, 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 to be a guinea pig. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I don't know the yeah. an answer. One thing I did think: so the the fly that actually was did have the white head. That obviously was white paint on a regular fly right that would not fly today like something minuscule like that no like i was watching that and like oh look at what they got away with they killed a fly like i think they killed a lot of flies making that movie yeah definitely yeah um yeah but we still like today you know we put like ping pong balls and stuff on horses and everything like game of thrones behind the scene you see just, just green ping pong balls on horses to make them look like zombie horses and things like that. Um, and I don't know. The ASPCA gets, they don't seem that not thrilled about that. Though there are a lot of CGI horses in, in Game of Thrones. I don't know if I followed your analogy. So I talked about painting a, a animal's head white and killing it, and you said we stuck ping pong balls to them. That, that about sums it up. <laughs> I don't understand what was happening there. I thought this is. I thought we just talked. I thought that's what we did. Okay. Well, good news. We just got a telegram Ooh. from our field correspondent. Uh, he's out now in the field. Dwight Renfield just sent one in. Let me see, I'm trying to open Dwight it up. Renfield in the field. You're gonna run with that. Yeah. You need me to edit that out later. No, that's. I'm, that was a little I'm, rough. I'm proud of that. All right. So we've got some late breaking news. You know who Clive Barker is, right? Uh, I've heard of the gentleman. You have heard of Clive Barker. Do you know anything about him? Um, I think he does horror movies. He does. All mostly right. mostly an author. Okay. Mostly an author. Um, so we just got some breaking news. This is an exclusive. Uh, I'm going to read uh, Dwight's telegram here that he sent us, all right? Exclusive. All right, you ready? Maybe cut that out, but okay. I'm all ready. right. Uh, legendary writer, artist, director Clive Barker will finally discuss his long-awaited... I'm sorry. His long rumored penchant for his womanizing ways in the next issue of Playtime. So, you know, that's been going on for a while. Everybody keeps talking about how much of a playboy he is. Definitely. It's the one thing I know about Clive Barker. Is that he's a big womanizer? He is a a playboy. Yeah, he is. Uh, It was reported by the magazine published on Wednesday. So apparently Dwight's exclusive is that someone else is reporting something. Yep, that's Good job, Dwight. Dwight, you need to flying around not really 
this isn't an exclusive. Anyway, let me finish what Dwight sent us here. Rumors of Barker's unflinching love for the ladies have swirled for years in the entertainment industry. Barker has never been publicly linked to a relationship with a woman throughout his years in the spotlight, thus fueling the flames of his reputation as a hound dog. Stories from nearly every project that Barker has been involved with throughout his career have risen regarding his man whoring. Original female Cenobite Grace Kirby. Do you know what a Cenobite is? Nope. Okay. Original Cenobite Grace Kirby famously refused to return to participate in Hellraiser 2 after Barky turned down her proposal for marriage during the Hellraiser rap party. So apparently, back in the day, she fell in love with him after they had made so much love that she proposed to him on the set. He said no. After a fling during filming, which Kirby unjustifiably believed was a monogamous relationship, Barker responded to the proposal in front of all in attendance with the phrase, I did it all for the pussy. According to producer Christopher Figg, uh, continuing Dwight's post here, Hollywood rumor was all but confirmed in 2009 in an interview while promoting the Book of Blood when Barker was questioned about supposed casting couch sessions held during pre-production of Lords of the Volusions. According to lore, Barker would seduce actresses using the film's leverage. Actresses reported to have been part of his casting couch include Sarah Jessica Parker, Calista, Calista Flockhart, She's the dancing baby lady. Fran Drescher. Look at all these notches in Barker's bedpost, man. Regarding the casting couch uh, sessions, Barker is quoted as saying, I'm not saying yes, I'm not saying no, but what's wrong with that? I gotta dip my pole in them snatches. The issue will be released next month. Stay tuned to Remake Me and Playtime for more information on the Clive Pussy Pounder Barker interview in Playtime. It's crazy. I don't know how so I don't know how Dwight can say that's exclusive. I, he he told me that it was an exclusive, and personally, I'm hurt. Uh, yeah. So he's breaking the news that someone else is breaking news. I mean, that's that is journalism nowadays. Um, you you know what my favorite thing about that was? This is very obviously the first time you've ever read that. Mm-hmm. And when you got to the line "the ladies," mm-hmm. you could not help but say it. But like the ladies. <laughs> It's it's, just, anytime, it's in your brain. It's what every time I I see that word, I have to say it like that. So uh, having never read that before, I didn't know. Um, continuing kind of what we're talking about, right? Uh, you're you're a cisgendered male. Is that correct? Uh, yes. Okay. Okay. Um, would you be okay if I turned you into a homosexual male real quick? Um, I told you I that mean, I, I, I'm, I'm a, I, I say I'm a liberal, so I guess I got to be right. Okay. So I told you, I told you this picture existed. Uh-huh. I searched for it. Yes. I didn't find it. I'm sure you so dirtied I spent, up your, your I Google spent, history. I spent part of my day searching for this image of Clive Barker wearing a wife beater in black and white. So it's classy. Holding a giant black dildo looking like he's going to have sex with me through my phone and i can't help but look at it and just immediately be gay and i think as soon as you see it it's a powerful image i have have yet to see this image in so obviously there's part of this i'm being facetious on as we're talking really i hadn't picked up um this part is not a joke i considered getting this a tattoo i think this is such a powerful image not a joke like a clive barker portrait of him holding this giant black dildo is that, is that your episode 100 tattoo? I, I, don't, I don't know about that. <laughs> All right, you ready? Yeah, I'm Here ready. Here it is. Boom. Are yeah, you, are that you, is... 
That is pretty sexy right there. Isn't that like the most homoerotic thing? Like, I'm not even saying this in a joking way. Like, I'm not attracted to him at all, but it looks like he's going to. He doesn't look like he's going to ask you. He looks no. in that picture like he is going to have sex with you. Right. He looks like he's about to start an American history gay sex. He absolutely does. And it's incredible. He has a Tumblr page that I... I don't... I'm, I'm, I, it's, Tumblr's disgusting. Um, That's why I love it. Is that it. what it's for? Tumblr? Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Yahoo bought Tumblr a few years ago. And Tumblr was not happy about that. And Yahoo had to like come out publicly and say, we're going to let you keep your porn. Like that was a thing that a publicly traded company had to say when they purchased another thing. And I love the <laughs> internet. So so Clive Barker's Tumblr page is it looks like exactly what you would think it would be. It's incredible. So it is filled with hundreds of super artistic photos, because he's a photographer also mm-hmm. of buff men. That are naked and engaged in semi-sexual acts, okay? Mm-hmm. But they're like painted. Like he does these incredible paintings, right? But he literally paints them. So he is taking these buff dudes, painting their body, naked bodies, getting them erect, and then having them. S- pose in semi-sexual positions by themselves or with one another and, and and this is a tumblr you visit regularly i didn't i didn't say i visit regularly but you did not say it either I, I it's uh that's science you, so that's one of your homework assignments now because you're oh, gonna keep pushing it okay that's not that's it's not pretty fun. it's pretty incredible like i've in it obviously means something different to him than it does to me but i also think like he is such a brainy guy and such an artistic guy that he can't separate those two at all. Like he can't separate the sex from the art. If that makes any sense. Cause it's, it's all part of his brain. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I mean, I bet it's really cool and you know, I probably will go look at it now, <laughs> but I don't I think heard there are peepees. So uh, okay, yeah. gotta go now. Um, okay. Well, Dwight, Dwight sort of, uh, distracted us there we should probably talk about the 1986 fly yeah we should dwight get on an actual exclusive story next time that was pretty pathetic dwight you embarrass yourself but uh jeff goldblum really jeff goldblum ended up yes and it was pretty great so i the whole time i was watching it i've seen it multiple times but i perused the imdb trivia before that and i was just kept thinking like Names that were associated with that movie before that was like Michael Keaton and John Lithgow. Um, that would have been a totally different movie with John Lithgow. Yeah, it would have. Um, maybe th- maybe just as good, but wow. Yeah, and, and I think that's part of the reason why I like the ideas of remakes so much, even though not all of them are good. But I like the idea of figuring out what else something could have been. Like you literally just changed that one thing. Leave everything the same, but put Michael Keaton or John Lithgow in there. It's totally. a totally different movie. Yeah. And that's why I love the idea of sitting down and watching these two ideas that are the same filtered through someone else. Um, so you're I, right. I mean, to be fair, the core idea is the same. They're very, very different movies. No, and that's why I think... So the reason I wanted to start you off with The Fly is this is kind of one of the examples 
of the best remakes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, and it's hard for me because I think there's things that, you know, a lot of remakes get criticized because they're too much like the original. Then others right. get criticized because they're not enough. This is successful because on its own, it's an awesome movie. It's an awesome movie on its own. But the other part that it does is they, they belong together. Like, you need to watch both of these movies. There isn't one that's a better version of the other because they are two totally different movies. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I, you know, I knew about the the Goldblum Gina Davis fly. I did not know that there was an earlier fly, and I'm I'm really glad that I got to see that. And so I thank you for that. I uh, so the one the thing that I noticed as I was rewatching it this time was like Jeff Goldblum's sense of humor throughout the entire thing. It's where like he's at peak Brundle fly and he's still making jokes. Yeah. The, uh, the fly politician, the fly politician. Yeah. That he's a uh, reference that he's going to make a children's video. Yeah. For, for eating, um, children, I believe it was a children's book, children's book. I'm sorry. Yeah. And the, uh, the first big reveal. So yeah, he kind of starts getting like weird hairs and like weird, like acne face. Um, and then it, the movie makes a really weird dis- decision, and it just like fades to black, and then fades back up very quickly. Yeah, that was the only one in that movie. I don't understand that. But it's, I mean, from a filmmaking standpoint, it's it's time. So it's four weeks later. It's a big jump in time. But even as cheesy it is, I think I would have rather preferred like fade to black, title card, four weeks later, fade back up. There were was, no, but there were no other title cards in the movie. You want one title card? It, she literally there's said, one, it. "There's one fade out, fade in." Yeah. So it like you you jokingly said it seemed like a commercial break, and it yeah. did. Yeah, yeah. But that being said, I do love that how quick it expected us. So she just said like she said something about it's been four weeks. Like yeah, he says it's been we four weeks on the phone. Yeah. What's the etiquette if I have to sneeze? You aim it in a different way and I continue to talk oh, like well, nothing is happening. So what I just did was I just brought it up and now I don't have to sneeze anymore. So I think that's going to be my go-to. That's good. Okay. Just suck it in. Okay. Um, <laughs> that, that, I'm sure that's real great. On the, <laughs> you just blew out a speaker in someone's car. Well, if they really shouldn't be listening that loud anyway. <laughs> let's be honest. They're driving with a baby in their lap. <laughs> So, yeah. Like, you, you were talking about hair. Right. Gina Davis and Jeff Goldblum had the same haircut in this movie. Y- yes, because it's the 80s haircut. It was male and female. Everyone had it. Well, okay. White males and females all had the same hair. Um, it, it was the white person in the 80s haircut. And it was unisex. And somehow it was sexy on both a man and a woman. Okay. I'll take your word for that. Yeah. Um, I want to know, where did he keep getting baboons? He turns the first one inside out, and then he well, just has another baboon. It was his brother, if you remember that. He does say it's his brother. Uh, while you're concerned with that, I'm more concerned with donuts. This was New York, so was he just having these delivered? Like he'd leave money, sit on the doorstep, and then they would drop this food off? I, I Delivery so. donuts? Prepackaged, I mean, store-bought donuts. McDonald's delivers in New York, so I mean that's my dream. <laughs> McDonald's delivering you donuts. Yes, that sounds pretty great. Um, so at one point, she he showed her his closet where he had all of the same 
articles of clothing. Yeah. Did you hear about the Daniel Radcliffe thing years ago when he was doing a play in like England or something? When he was naked on stage? No. Okay. I only know about when Daniel Radcliffe is naked, so. Okay. Um, is there a Tumblr page for that? Uh, there's probably several. Um, so uh, he was doing a play or something somewhere. Paparazzi were following him, which is annoying. And somehow he figured out that if he had wor- he had worn the same clothes as the day before, and they were disappointed because they couldn't sell those pictures. Yeah. Because they would they look would like they're the from the day, day before. So he went like a year or some crazy length of time where he kept wearing the same clothes over and over and over just to screw with the paparazzi so they would never want a picture of him. Yeah, I I actually yeah, I've heard that story and you just told me you hadn't. So you, you didn't lied. tell me what the story was going in. I referenced wearing clothes over and over, set a play, Daniel Radcliffe. If you can't connect those dots, I don't know what Rewind else I can do. You only said about, you I, don't know I only heard about I the can, play. I don't know what else I can do for you here. Um This this movie definitely it's so the the nineteen fifty eight fly you you don't get to the teleportation whatever until forty fifty minutes into the movie. Um, this fly like the first thing is a weird art gallery for no reason that's full of scientists supposedly uh, some function I don't know what but then like immediately let's teleport Gina Davis's sexy stocking. 15 feet like it, it it definitely gets right into it a lot sooner well, the, the movie starts in the middle of a conversation like there's no warm-up it's just diving right in which right. is awesome but it's funny that we're saying it's awesome for the exact reason that we said the other was awesome for not doing that i think i think the whole point is it's confident filmmaking both of them it's confident definitely um I was really impressed with the dynamic the first time you see him really going downhill. You see him with Keynes. The, f- the four weeks later? The yeah. four weeks later. And uh, like he went from being so strapping and he's literally running across the ceiling to now he can barely walk. And he looks pretty rough. Not only right. not only his makeup or anything, which looked great, but how Goldblum was conveying how weak and frail he was. Right, and, and to your earlier point, like, he steps out from behind, you get the big reveal, and then immediately Goldberg, oh, Goldblum joke. Did you just say Goldberg? <laughs> I did. Mm. Let's let's mm. skip right past that. <laughs> let's okay. save that maybe, for... Maybe, when, maybe nobody will notice. It's cool. Yeah, maybe let's save that for Santa Slay or whatever crap horror movie he was in. He was in Santa Slay. All right. Go ahead, what were you saying? I'm sorry. So... But yeah, he just Im- he immediately, you see this this crazy Cronenberg makeup, and then immediately Goldberg, Cronenberg Goldblum joke. I said I did it again. I gotta stop that. <laughs> immediately, <laughs> Jeff Goldblum humor, and he like, it's there's there's a lot of, I you know I don't I don't have a a breadth of knowledge. But I know, I feel like one of the things that a lot of, like, horror movies, and they definitely do it in regular movies with a villain, but they try to give you empathy for the monster Mm -hmm. or whatever. But this, like, the storytelling didn't have to do that because the acting did. Like, you're like, oh, here's this weird freaky thing, and then immediately it's, it's still Jeff Goldblum. He's like this. Oh, he totally shows through. Like, it's up until when he's 
full fly and not even brundle fly anymore. Right. Um, it's Goldblum behind that. And like, you can just see it in his eyes and his shoulder twitching and his lip licking. Like that's him. Yeah. And so what's the verdict? All right. You got to choose remake or the original 58 or 86. This is the thing we're doing. Um, Man, like, I I don't know how often we'll get to do these where both movies are just, like, by themselves really good. Yeah, I agree completely. Remake totally didn't need to happen, but the fact that it did and took it in a totally different direction. um, can't, I think I can't think, give a point to both. I'd love I, I'd love two two. Yeah. I'd love two two. You need. I'm to going see both. to make the decision. All I right. think I'm going to go 86. Um, though I do love the fact that you kind of go most of the movie without seeing exactly you know what he is underneath the the towel or whatever it is covering his fly head. Uh, I totally appreciate that. Um, just the the, the level of the effects are great, and um, the storytelling I really appreciate. And let's be honest, the acting in in the '86 version is is far and away a lot better. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, I would agree. Um, I would agree with your pick of the '86. I think that the '58 is fantastic. There's not shitting on it in the slightest. But uh, back to the wall think we're in agreement if you have to choose you're gonna go with the 86 86 all right so that leaves us with anticipating next week so next week i'd already kind of let you know normally i won't do that but my game plan so here's the question leave it up to you do we do we pursue the game plan that you're already aware of or do i throw you a curveball and we do something out of left field i mean here here i'll even give you a closer hit so you're either going to do another remake or we're going to just do a double bill that are I mean, the, the, the show is about remakes double bills and whatever sequels, catchy, yeah. mm-hmm. that catchy thing you came up with yeah so i guess we just go double bill we're doing the double bill huh i I'm, i feel like i'm already regretting this all right so the first thing we're gonna watch uh, i'm gonna give you tell me if you know anything about it uh, and then I think what I'll do, just based on what you're looking at on the cover, tell me what you think you're going to be watching, okay? Okay. What do you got there? Okay. This is Eli Roth's The Green Inferno. The director's cut. Nice. Oh, it's got ultraviolet. Uh, it is a lady, and she is definitely not happy that there are all these hands on her. And I can't tell if that is a bracelet or um, some sort of centipede crazy thing. Uh, is is this like a like racist pygmy movie? Um, I don't think it's racist unless you make it racist there, homeboy. Okay, well, I mean, I guess that's that's me. Okay, looking on the back, that's definitely... Seems maybe racist and pygmy, but you know, I'll let Eli Roth, I'll let him decide if it's, I mean, I'll decide if it's racist or not. Society decides, I don't know what's racist. 
what is racism? Let's answer that today, yeah. like on this podcast this right is, now. People will come. Yes. In, in history, they're going to figure it out. Yes. As we're winding down on our podcast, that's about the fly is where we answered that question. Yep. Two white males. Yeah. We talked. We, we ended racism. All right. <laughs> so that's what we're watching first. Okay. Following it up with, what do you got there? Uh, 25th anniversary collector's edition. I would expect no less. Of Cannibal Holocaust. If you're going to get dissect exactly the edition you're having in your hands, what's that on the cover there, over the face? Uh, that is that is a signature that of some sort. Signature from I the director from the director of Cannibal Holocaust. I feel like I shouldn't be touching this. Uh, warning: due to its shocking and violent subject matter, no one under seventeen should view this film. That scares me. So, what is this movie about, Justin? I'm I'm going to guess. Um, some sort of holocaust of cannibals. Look at you go. Yeah. This uh, this woman on the front of this cover also does not like what is going on to her. The most controversial movie ever made. Yeah. Um, we're, diving, in. we're diving right in. Um, that, sh- that should be fun, I think, maybe. We, we, uh, so maybe we'll end with just a little a little snippet. Uh, we didn't really get into uh, your history with horror movies. Um, I, I think the quiz kind of covered that. The quiz that. did, but I think we should tell them how it went when you watched The Ring. I think that story is where we should end today. Uh, yes. So, I, I there was a time in my life where I definitely went to a lot more movies than I do now, and I would, I would like to get out to the theater more. Um, but one of those movies that I was dragged to is was The Ring, um, which seemed like a, you know, a fun little flick. Um, and then it definitely wasn't, and I walked out because the horse on the boat scared me too much. So everybody knows this listening, and I think that you do too, but I think it needs to be acknowledged, that The Ring, which I'm pretty sure was PG-13, was made for high school girls. It's, so it's, this is the guy that we're dealing with, everybody, that couldn't make it through the high school girls, and uh, yeah, we're going to sit down tomorrow and watch Cannibal Holocaust. I can't wait. All right. We'll see you guys next week. See ya.